0: Hello and welcome back to That's Football. Today is the last episode of season one, episode six. Boys, can't
1: believe we made it this far. Can't believe it myself. It's been such an interesting Euros, um, really what this podcast has been based around. But don't worry, we're going to continue this podcast. There's season two on the way. We're talking about the Premier League, about the transfer window. And yeah, I can't wait. <laughs>
2: boys this is gonna be the last time we hear this song it's a bit depressing
1: but i'm excited for the new one dive for the new season new song on the way very interested to see what it'll be a bit, bit bit of a surprise for everyone yeah
0: yeah we never know with the uh, the royalty free music haven't quite got the money to purchase a song yet but you know if the podcast keeps going well we might have a an artist on the way to make us some music oh, yes.
2: specialty
0: season three uh but we don't want to go that far along we've got to still uh finish up this season and today's episode is going to be a Euros wrap-up. Uh, we, we imagine most of our listeners have an idea of what's, of what's just happened. I know, I know Ben certainly does. Uh, as you can hear by his accent, he's, uh, he thought it was coming home. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll discuss that in a bit of time. We'll have a look at um, some of the biggest disappointments of the Euros. Of course, France is one of them. We'll also have a look at some of the um, less talked about disappointments of the tournament. Also have a look at some of the surprises of the tournament, some of the p- surprise players, some of the surprise teams, some comebacks, especially from the likes of Denmark. And then we'll have a quick look um, at what season two will be um, with a talk about Man City and the transfers that they, uh, that they might make this summer.
1: Something else we're planning on doing um, this episode is coming up together as a group, um, planning and creating a, um, a team of the season. Uh, so we'll pick our best goalkeeper, best striker, etc. Yeah, something we have to discuss is the final. Um, just a reminder for um, you listening at home, England came out the gates firing, made it 1-0 in the second minute of the first half. Um, and then really the game was a real stalemate. You probably, you'd argue that Italy had a lot more of the possession until a corner for Italy in the 67th minute. Benucci scores a tap-in after a brilliant save by Pickford, very unlucky, he had a brilliant game. Um, the game pool, the, the game just stretches out to extra time. There's a few like controversial parts we'll discuss later on in the episode. Having through extra time, and then went to penalties, and unfortunately, due to three missed penalties by Rashford, Saka, and Sancho, Italy went through and won the whole tournament. But you have to give their congratulations. They've been brilliant throughout the whole tournament. Um, kind of considered dark horses to win it. Like they weren't like a surprise team. Like Everyone said, Oh, I reckon they'll do well. I don't think many people thought they'd win it, but they've turned out to be that team who, once really got up the group stage, people kind of almost expected them to maybe even go all the way.
0: Yeah, so they didn't even play in that World Cup in 2018. This has been their first major tournament for a while. Yeah, so it was obviously a shame that England uh, had to play Italy in the final. Everyone knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, but yeah, they were the, I think they were a, a very strong side throughout the tournament both teams uh England and Italy didn't concede a whole, whole lot of goals um so they both deserve to be there in the final um but yeah it was a disappointment not to see uh England take that final step um and get a major trophy but I'm certain it is coming with the teams they have um congratulations to all the Italian fans um, we did see a bit of a trend pop out as people found their, their 18th Italian inside of them and decided they were going to spam us um, on media with, with that side. But anyway, um, they can celebrate uh, how they want to. At the end of the day, everyone knows a pint is better than pizza. So. <laughs>
1: Deserving <laughs> champions, though Italy deserve all the credit. Um, England were great at leading up to the final. Maybe it wasn't their best game, but it wasn't horrible. They England didn't lose it. Italy won it. I think mean, that's the best way to say it. That is a good way to put it. Um, there was a few. I think we have to kind of discuss a bit of the um decisions and the, the referee. Like the refereeing throughout the whole tournament was actually very very good. Um, apart from maybe the decision to. Believe in the Denmark-Czech Republic game, the decision to give it a, a corner rather than a goal kick actually cost Czech Republic as Denmark scored from that corner, which was meant to be a goal kick. And also, uh, the, maybe the, people would argue the, the decision in the Denmark-Italy game, on the not the Denmark-Italy game, the Denmark-England game, where the penalty, Raheem Sterling, clearly kind of exaggerated. Um, the foul, if you would like to call it, lots of people have different opinions on this penalty. But in this game, it was just, there was a few um, really soft fouls he gave, um, a few very, very questionable decisions. Um, and not many people sort of like the ref throughout the game. But then there's a key, there's a key moment. And it's the, when Saka breaks away from Chiellini. And Chiellini seems to grab Saka by the neck. And then Yank is the collar of Saka's um, top back. And like it's quite violent the way he did it. Like it happens all the time, shirt tag, yes, yellow card. But I think the I think the argument for red card is the violence behind it and how it it's no it wasn't really no longer within like the sort of football manner. It was more really almost hurt the person.
2: Yeah, and just to touch on that, like although <clears throat> I don't I don't think he was the last man like through, but I mean you can realize by Keely and his intent, like the intent he had behind that was just to completely stop the play and to stop the run that England were having. And I think to me, that was enough to like call a red, but I can see the decision for a yellow as well. But honestly, just to touch on the umpires, a bit, um, umpires, the referees a bit more, Um, <clears throat> I think we've got to realize like, most of the, like, all the decisions are from them. And the fact that it's a final, it's a European final, one of the biggest matches in the world, there's a lot of pressure riding on those refs. And it's, like, sometimes they feel scared to make decisions, like, just because they don't want backlash from, like, you know, supporters. So I can see why sometimes they're hesitant to make decisions just because of the pressure of them. Yeah, personally, I think it wasn't a red card.
0: Um, I knew a few... fans who were sort of going a bit crazy about it, saying 100% should have been one. It wasn't behind the play. Um, there were defenders behind Chiellini, so technically it wasn't the last man trying to stop um, what was an attempt on goal. So, yeah, for me it wasn't a red, but I understand um, why some may think that it was a red. Um, as we talk about um, some off-the-field action, we should have a quick talk about the, the managers of that final. Um, Southgate put in a, a very similar if not the same squad um, put Mason Mount at right wing instead of Saka uh, which was in the yeah. in the Denmark game
1: yeah um but other than that
0: oh no and they so they so
1: they were five back. so they went yeah so so the differences between the Denmark and the Denmark and Italy game was we reverted back to a 5 back and we put Trippier on that right center back and we put Trippier um, so we put Walker at the right centre-back Trippier is the right wing back um, and then we played Mason Mount which I think was if you were to look at that squad was probably the wrong decision at right wing because he was kind of nothing in that game obviously he's a fantastic player but I think we would have benefited and obviously it's in hindsight it's kind of harsh for yeah, Southgate yeah, it's in I hindsight think. but we would have probably benefited more if we had maybe, uh, maybe we had Grealish on the left and Sterling on the right or maybe we had Foden on the right or Sancho um, but yeah, I mean, he's been brilliant throughout the whole tournament. And I, I think, yeah, it's kind of Southgate, everyone, even myself, and I've been proven wrong, and I admit that I wasn't keen. I said, oh, this England team can win the whole tournament if they wanted to. Um, but Southgate won't. We won't do it with Southgate, which technically I'm still right. But like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not like it, it's, we actually put up a proper fight. He shocked everyone in the country. He made it, he united England again after all the COVID, just like Mancini did with the, the, the Italians. If had it pretty bad as well. Yes, yeah, so a criticism I've had of Southgate in the past is that a lot of his reputation and is the reason why I think the FA love him so much. This is before the Euros, by the way. But the reason why the FA loved him so much and people had belief for them um, because of that twenty eighteen run. But I think that twenty eighteen run was very. Very overhyped because we never really were challenged until Croatia, and that's when we lost. So then he proves that wrong, proves us all wrong, proves that theory that he, we can't beat big teams by beating Germany in the semi final, oh, not semi final, sorry, the round of 16, convincingly as well, especially our, also after coming off a very average group stage, turns it around, um, and that's where the five back worked. Worked very, very well. And that's, and I can't blame Southgate for playing the five back in the final now because it's worked in the. the...
0: And it's what scored Luke Shaw the goal. Yeah, like, there wasn't that overlap run that Julia exactly. had, playing more as a right mid, even potentially right wing at some stages, that goal wouldn't have been scored. So managerial masterclass, except for the penalties.
1: Now, yeah. uh, it's hard because I think it makes the, the Rashford. The Rashford um, substitute made sense. I understood hand- taking Henderson off because he's never scored a penalty. He, he's very average of penalties. He missed one against, was it Austria Romania? Was it Romania? Not Austria, so I would play two different teams in the friendlies. Um, missed it against Romania um, and also missed it in the game against Colombia in 2018. So he, t- he took him off and then brought on Sancho, which I was confused about purely for penalties because he's actually never taken a competitive penalty in his life where you have... Who was who was there on, on um who else was there? The Berto Carlos was there.
0: Yeah, Luke uh, Shaw sure
1: was an Shaw. option.
0: He could have taken one. I'm certain any footballer at that level can take a penalty. Yeah, I, I think mean, Jordan Pickford could bag one. Some of yeah. the kicks he does, he should just step. He should have stepped up to that penalty spot
1: and roosted the thing. And also the the the, the reason to not have I think I don't think Dominic calvert was on the bench. And what do you think about penalties? He's a striker. so he does. He, he doesn't take him for Everton, but he would be one of the following up to it. Just, that's, what, that's what they do. Um, so, yeah. That was, and also, I, I, I don't really know if it was really Southgate's call, but when we conceded in the first, um, first two, oh, I'm not going to it, sorry, when we scored in the first two minutes, um, we naturally gravitated back to our own goal and defended rather than, like what I was saying throughout the game, and I was saying, you can't get caught up in what Spurs do, which is what Spurs do. When we beat, when we played Wolverhampton, we we um we score in the first minute and then we just sit back the whole game. and It doesn't work because if you allow the other team to have twenty shots on you, one of them's going to go in. So I I recommended, or well, he doesn't hear me, but like I just I suggested maybe just play. Imagine it's still nil nil. Very very cliche. Imagine it's still nil nil. Use. The, the one goal as that kind of advantage kind of like a cushion rather than defending it
2: yeah and I think I heard an interview after the game Roy Keane was talking about how if you're in the position as like one of the uh, more experienced players in the England squad and you're standing there at that penalty shooter and you see some of those youngsters walk out in front of you looking scared as all hell and like never taken an international penalty a proper one in their life especially in a final like to make that decision to put them in front of others it's a tough decision that Southgate made and I think that like it can go either way it's it's hard
1: to tell I guess yeah especially for Saka well like it's incredible because you think about like I, I heard someone say it and I was like no that's half but like it probably is and it's his biggest game of his career and it's come at 19 years old it's the biggest game in every single player on that team's career. Fifty-five years, England haven't been in the final. Though some of those players, Cole Walker has been in Champions League finals. Um, Jordan Henderson's won the Champions League final. There's experienced players in that squad, and this is still the biggest game of their lives for every single one of them. So playing Saka or putting Saka out there, although I, I, I have said to many people about when I was discussing this issue, I have said, I mean, Saka. What um, doesn't have to step up at that certain time. Obviously, if he's in the starting, if he's in that 11 that's playing, he has to eventually take the penalty. But he doesn't actually have to, it, when the manager goes out, okay, who wants to take the third penalty, fourth penalty, he doesn't have to put his hand up. Or if he gets picked by Southgate, he doesn't say, he, he, has, he should have the ability. And I, I think he does just to say, no, I'm not confident enough. And if, and if Saka does say that, Southgate, you've got to take him off because it's just not worth it. You will know, be like, oh, but you're good enough. It's kind of like, well, I kind of told you so, I told you I wasn't confident, etc. And I felt bad, like Rashford's quite a good penalty taker and he actually did everything right apart from the finish. They sent the keeper the wrong way um, and then he got it into the right corner and then he just hit the post and skimmed out. And... But I think, yeah, very, very disappointing in terms of the penalties. A bit disappointing in terms of the attack in the game. Um, I'm not sure what you'd like to say about it, Paddy. Yeah, England could have wrapped it up a lot earlier. Um,
0: Even watching it, I just got a bit complacent in those starting minutes of the second half. It was like, England are going to cruise to a 1-0 win. Surely can someone make it interesting? And then when it did get made interesting, all the players were so tired. Like, I felt in, like, the extra time. Everyone was burnt out. The subs weren't doing anything um, anything at all of those substitutes. I didn't see a reason for Chiesa to come off. He should have just stayed up forward. If that man was bagging them, um, and even with a half-injured foot, he's still better than Belotti any day, the man who missed a penalty. Uh, but what we should go into is some of our predictions that we made at the start of the tournament. Now, this was on our... Um, Fourth episode, uh, the Euros special, and we had a look at what we thought would happen this Euros tournament, and there were some very, very interesting claims. I don't want Here's to hear Here's one this. from Ben um, about Poland.
1: Um, Piszczek and Glick for Monaco. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't see them not getting out the group, and I actually can probably see them challenging for that first position. Um, yeah, I can challenge them seeing that first position against Spain and then maybe qualify maybe going past the round of sixteen. So that was Poland
0: apparently, going past the <laughs> round of sixteen. Ben could see them potentially challenging
1: for finals, Ben. I didn't I just didn't say challenge the finals. I said they could get Paul. I I said they could finish above Spain in the group and I said they can maybe beat the next team in the round of sixteen. And tell us what actually happened to Poland. Um they were poor in the midfield, they lost the midfield battle for most of their games. Um Slovakia were poor at the tournament, but they still lost to them um, with that Skriniar. Where Skriniar played an absolute worldie. Um, but yeah, Lewandowski can't do much. I think mean, he was. Far, what did he score? Two goals, three goals in three games. Three goals in three. Like he's like what much? What more can you ask from Lewandowski? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and Zielinski really disappointed. Um, and like it's incredible because that team's like relatively like I, I think I still I still stand by it. I kind of had a right to say that, and I think lots of people are like, well, oh, that's actually not a bad cool. Because they had like Elvedi at the back, um as I said Glick and um they have a decent what is hits as their keeper? Or am I going mental? Hurts. But yeah, is that all right? Yeah. Um but yeah. Um yeah, I can't I i I I'm very surprised. Um but I think the same what you can be said about me, Paddy, I can say about you. Oh, oh no, here, here we, we go. go. This is him. his opinions on Russia.
0: Russia as a team who will definitely progress past the group stage and potentially even um, go into the round of 16 or even further in, <laughs> in
1: the tournament. So <laughs> pretty much pr- predicted Russia to do the same thing as Poland, as I said, get past the round of 16, etc. If that doesn't say, don't trust us, (laughs) I don't know what does. We know nothing. Um,
0: No, I think these were calls that a lot of people were making. Obviously, there's always calls about any team. North Macedonia, certain someone would have said they would have done something.
1: Won the final. Could
0: have been worse. (laughs) Um, They they were definitely better than Russia. A team who just disappointed, an ageing side. Um, A few players coming up, but I, I still don't think it. It was meant to be. After that first game, we knew it was all going to be downhill from there. And, yeah, another another bad prediction. Ethan wasn't with us on that prediction episode, Um, but he had a few sort of predictions as well. I'm certain that Ethan would have thought France were going to go far, but let's have a talk about them.
2: Yeah. Um. Look, France, I mean, what else is there to say? It's just a bit disappointing. You know, I think... Pogba probably played his. He did play his heart in, in that final match as well. And I think, like the other, it's just like it's just a bit
1: disappointing. I think. Yeah, they were very disappointing, and I think they. Um, and many many people criticised France for the ego they have in their team. If you have a look at Italy and you have a look at England and Denmark, of all these teams who did so well in the competition surprised many others, us. pretty much the 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 quarter final the the, the, the semi finalists were all kind of surprise teams so people were expecting germany pole not poland germany portugal and france to really be those teams but all these yeah all the all the teams that surprise are the teams that are really have this form that like togetherness england despite having really good players who play for really good clubs bonding with other players who aren't as in like for example Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips who aren't actually in bet- as good as clubs as the Man City's, as the, um, I was going to say Spurs, as the Man <laughs> United's. So, yeah, um, that, that's where what, that's what I think France went wrong. Um, they got a bit too confident, a bit a bit cocky. And also, yeah, um, they only won one game the whole the whole Euros, which is mental to think about. And they actually, they topped the group. They beat, I believe, they beat Germany. Yeah. And then they drew to Portugal. Portugal. And Hungary. That's all they want. Very, very disappointing. And the funniest part about it is when obviously Pogba played incredible, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Pogba, but the dance that when he, they went up to 3 1 to just get knocked out.
0: He did about 10 celebrations, and oh my goodness, he would be terrified at the end result. Um, ended up losing to a team that we didn't think was actually going to go too far, but well done to Switzerland. All right. More disappointments, um, and Ben sort of touched on this. This being the group of death. Now, this this death group, uh, Group F, was meant to be a group of um, three teams that were all going to go far, all potential semi finalists. We had Germany, France, and Portugal, and none of them seemed to be able to
1: progress. I just want to quickly like, yeah, I, as you're saying, very interesting. Everyone's hyping up this group. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is... And it was very entertaining. The group was very entertaining. The quality of football was very average because everyone matched the quality of football. It was very entertaining, Um, just like watching the championship or something, you know? Um, So, yeah. But I want to quite quickly discuss Hungary. I think Hungary, out of all those teams, based on team morale and that sort of spirit, actually deserved to get out the group more than anyone else did. They were written off from the start and there were points where they're going to finish second, they're going to finish third, and then they're going to finish second again, and then they're going to finish fourth. Incredible to watch, but ultimately, every single team in there, apart from Hungary, were very disappointing.
2: Yeah, I think, like, it was kind of a slap to the face for Hungary when they lost 3-0 to Portugal at the start and I think from there, they kind of obtained that do-or-die attitude. Like, where you know if you're one nil down or whatever, like never give up. And I think what caused that group to leave so early in the tournament was, I could be wrong, but it could just be that because the the like quality of those teams, the amount of players they had, it you know like made them puffed out. I guess like after getting out of that group stage, such a hard thing to do, then to come into the round of sixteens, I think. They were a bit tired, maybe, but you yeah, could be wrong.
1: For Hungary, I couldn't imagine it. First game, you've got to play Portugal. Then the next game, you've got to play, was it France? And then you've got to play Germany. Like looking at the fixture list, you're like, oh my God. And it's getting knackered. And also, you've got defenders there who just can't just like every single game. You've got Mbappe running at you. I know he was very disappointing. But then you've got Timo Werner running at you. Despite his finishing ability, he's very average. He's incredible off the ball. So, I mean, Hungary, oh, it's so hard to, to see, like, you guys were knocked out. I would, if you were maybe well, a bit lucky with the draw, I could definitely see you guys finishing a, a second or a third and getting to that round of 16, maybe being like a Czech Republic, that sort of team that kind of beat, really challenged the bigger sides.
0: Yeah, so we can move on from the disappointments and have a look at um, an upset. Now, we spoke about Denmark a lot. In our, um, in our first Euros episode, uh, in our, sorry, our second Euros episode, um, a team who had lost Christian Eriksen. Um, thankfully, he's, he's recovering now. Um, we don't know the full extent um, of his injury and, like, what, what's going to happen in terms of um, his future. I don't imagine he's going to be playing uh, much more football. He's had a great career. And to risk it again and to potentially cause more damage it um, I think wouldn't be a great idea. But that team came out firing after that first um, round. Everyone counted them out. I think I did. I said, oh, they're just going to be playing um, in memory of him now just to like um, prove a point. We didn't even think they were going to make it out of the group um, after that game. And they went as far to play um, England
1: in the semi-final and to go a goal up. And, and push them to extra time as well. I mean, in that semi-final, and I'm, I have, I was very like for the for the pundits and Optus Sport. I was very surprised how kind they were to Denmark, because well, when you actually if you watched the game, they dominated for about 20 minutes, and then were very very average. They were very good at defending, but they were very very average. And I was watching these pundits on on um, Optus Sport, and they were like. Oh, they were outstanding tonight. They're so unlucky. Yes, I know the background and how they got there was a brilliant, but unfortunately, they just fell short in the semi-final. Quickly, uh, talking about Denmark in the group stage, I reckon for my like, for my like game of the tournament from a non-biased standpoint, for me the game of the tournament would be like Germany England, but from a non-biased standpoint, it would be the four-one against Russia. That was incredible. They needed to get a lot... I I can't remember. They had to get a certain amount of goals to get the goal difference. Um, Christensen with the absolute rocket. Myler with... um, coming, like, marauding up from left-back. Mate, it was incredible. Probably one of my my favourite games in the tournament, besides the England-Germany But the only reason I like the England-Germany game is because I'm an English fan. Um, Now, I think it's best... We... um, Discuss our team of the season. For me, there's only one goalkeeper of the season, and I want to see if we all agree. I know what I'm thinking of. I think I know what Paddy's thinking of. Who is it? You never know what I'm thinking of. Now it's Pickford. It's done a rumor. It's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. The the player of the tournament,
0: uh, newly crowned <laughs> player of the tournament. Um, I see why Pickford could be a shout. Uh, Very made good. a fair yeah. few. Good saves. Definitely second best goalkeeper. We saw the two best goalkeepers of the tournament come up against each other in the final. But it just felt like Donnarumma, um, even if he didn't win that final, um, he'd be seen as one of the players of the tournament. And yeah, he has to be there for me.
1: Pickford was vital in one penalty shoot offering and obviously lost it. But like he was, if they would have lost it straight away if it wasn't for him. Um, but then Donnarumma was vital in two. And also Pickford. Donnarumma was incredible throughout the whole tournament. Pigford had one miss, like a bad game, which was against Denmark. Um, apart from that, all incredible, um, incredible keepers. But I think because we agree so easily on that that decision, we just go straight away to right back. Okay, so for me, I'll just do fullbacks because I, to me there wasn't really a standout right back, and I kind of like I kind of want to just. Dumfries, yeah, but Dumfries, just say it out loud. I, th- I think Dumfries is uh, but he got was his, wasn't
0: necessarily playing right back. He was more like a right wing back role. But for his contributions um, and his defensive, defensive effort as well, he was going up and down the field all game um, for Netherlands. And I know Ben is going to say they didn't make it that far uh, through the tournament. I think he had a massive impact while he could, scored goals, assisted goals i think he's done what a right back uh, can do and i think we're going to see him in a big club
1: next year for a team of the tournament I can't. I, personally, I wouldn't i wouldn't put in a player that only played four games that's just not
0: fair enough so who, who's the right back
1: i was going to say we we knocked um because we know who the left back is we're going to knock Myler to the right back position
0: Oof. that's a good call from ben myler um for those at home plays at atlanta um Usually, a right back. I don't actually watch many of their games, to be honest. Um, He's left back. He played. But his... He played left back for Denmark. And yeah, we'll, we'll, but I think for... is,
1: we'll go two fullbacks. We'll go two fullbacks. We'll just put we'll put um, yeah, we'll Mala put on mail on, right. on, on the right. That's a bit against the rules, unless Aethon's got something at the not nothing. No. Athens hands are up from Athens. Um, other fullback Ben. We all know we love the man. Right, we'll, we'll just go to the mic together. Here we go. Shorberto Carlos. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Um, I think he's up there for one of the the players of the tournament. Uh, Incredible um, crossing, incredible deliveries, and also his ball carrying and his defensive was superb. Um, I think because we agree on him so much. We'll probably talk about him later. Um, Incredible. Yeah, just
2: quickly, sorry, I want to touch on Luke Shaw a bit. I'm being a bit biased as a Man United fan, but... After seeing his treatment with Mourinho, it's really good to see him back yeah. and see him fully firing
1: his best potential. Yeah, it's just great to see. And England are set for the future. You um, obviously you overlook how young um, Luke Shaw is, and he's just actually just starting off his career. Um, and he's already at the he's, he's the best left back in the world for me at the moment, at least this season. Um, yeah, incredible. Uh, two centre backs uh, for me. The teams I'm gonna. I could just go Chiellini and Bonucci, but I'm gonna go one for one centre back from each finalist. Um, I think John Stones has a shout, but I think Maguire's impact and his ball carrying ability to break like if you watched England, every once in a while he just go on a run and then he just he just 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 dribble past the attackers, dribble past the midfielders and play it to him for one of the the wingers. Um, for me, it's Maguire and then most likely Chiellini. I'll let you boys work it out. I'd say Maguire and
0: and uh, I'd actually say Benucci. Um Obviously, the goal in the final has somewhat swayed the decision, um, but also Chiellini didn't have a great final. Felt very vulnerable um, at times, and Benucci, um being a little just a tiny bit younger probably helps um, with the years. Ethan, out of those two, which would you
2: decide to go through as the full as the Back. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with Ben with the Keulini and, and Maguire. I think, especially for Maguire, like he at points just stopped that stagnant like play of England. You know, yeah. with
1: those breakthroughs, it just mixes things up. I think it's good. Yeah, and also the penalty scored. I mean, that didn't mean much in the end, but that that was, that, that was amazing. Okay, uh, what we had, we got to work out what formation we're playing. Are we going to do just a classic <laughs> four-three-three? Three? Um, obviously it wasn't used much in the tournament, but I reckon. Just to get three midfielders in there. I think yeah. I think we're going, we'll go pretend it's a four-three-three. Three. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we're not gonna we're not gonna do it by holding or cam or center mid. We're just gonna do three midfielders. Straight
0: midfielders. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. for me, jorginho has got to be in there. Hundred percent. Yeah. People are people are saying he's arguably one of the play of the tournaments. I think he had the most tackles and most interceptions in a Euro tournament. But at least in the Champions League, he had it, and also in this Euro tournament. And I think he's close to one of the most ever. I might be wrong and I actually it actually might be the most tackles and interceptions ever but he was he was vital for the um for the Italian team the real engine in that midfield um for me i think for Denmark Hoybjerg um, he was again an engine essential for Denmark he played incredible in the I know Denmark didn't play particularly well in the semi-final obviously pushed them to the defender very well obviously pushed England to extra time but Hoybier was the central and also allowed um the likes of Myler to run in front of him, even though he's a defender. So yeah, we agree with Hoybier and Jorginho. Definitely. Yeah. Now, as I said before, we didn't we didn't put um, Dumfries in because he got knocked out in the round 16. But does Pogba deserve a shout on that, that as a the other centre midfielder or not? I'd say yes, although
2: It is very disappointing and kind of funny that he celebrated and then they lost. But, like, I think he was just one of those players that, no matter what, just kind of, like, held that French name and kind of held that team together on a string. So, yeah, Yeah. I'd say so.
1: If we can think of any other midfielders that really stood out to us, we can put them in. Well, it's very difficult. And obviously we have got defensive-minded midfielders
0: in there. But to find some that have... um, worked as, as like a flair player, but I think um, England's two definitely need to be at least on the shore, this sort of thing. Calvin yeah. Phillips, Declan Rice, both were very strong in the midfield, didn't really get kicked out despite having Jordan Henderson, a player that um, England managers seem to love and want to have in their sides despite a lack of uh, technical mobility. And playing time. Yeah. yeah, so I'd say Declan Rice. I think he's an absolute
1: workhorse. I disagree. Um, I believe Declan Rice was he was okay. I don't think he played his best football. Like he was very defensive. Obviously that's kind of his job but he didn't play many progressive passes um, and I think Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice as a collective were more impressive. Now I've just just popped in my head a few potential. We can either go for another Italian midfielder in Barella or there's also Pedri from Spain. Who deserves a shout? Um, I think he was fantastic, Spain's best player this tournament, and he's only 18 years old. What a future he has!
2: I think over, over that stats and how young he is, I think I think it is good if we put him in at least the short list or maybe even the team. Just a in bit of recognition for Pedri in there. Yeah, Pedri. Pedri, Pedri. is that uh, final uh, midfielder
0: role. Uh, now we're going to have a look at three forwards. Uh, we don't have to go. We could probably go a couple of wingers and then a striker. Now I think winger wise, it's obviously sort of difficult uh, in a small tournament to work it out because uh, there are stats based on luck, based on chance, that sort of stuff. Um, for me, it's sort of hard to choose one. I think Raheem Sterling has to be there—a man yeah. who was definitely doubted. Um, I 100% doubted him. I didn't think he should start. Um, I would have put Foden, Rashford, anyone in him over uh, at the start of the tournament. But he, he sort of just did. He just made things happen. Now, yeah. he's a man who has lacked a bit of finishing, Um, lacked a bit of composure at certain times. But he's made stuff happen for England. He's he, he's made
1: some amazing
0: runs Um, that got England out of that group stage. So I think he definitely has to be there as a winger.
1: Yeah, I've Already kind of got my. I'm not going to say it yet, but I've got my front three, front three in my in my head, and I've it's there. Um, for me, Sterling is on the left, Chiesa on the right. And if you watched him, if he score in the final, if you watched him, when I saw him go off in, injured, I was relieved. <laughs> I wasn't happy because I'm like, oh, sorry, he's got injured. Obviously, get, get well soon, I guess. But <laughs> but oh my God, he was destroying. I think Kyle Walker, um, any if I said Kyle Walker for pace as well. You never really see that, but he on the ball, it was incredible. So Kazer's there for me. For Ethan, um, anything you've got to any you know, proposals, wild shouts.
2: Um, I reckon in that striker spot, I think I agree with um with Kazer. Chiesa. Chiesa, my bad. And Sterling. But I think in that strike or maybe centre forward spot has to be Schick.
1: Yep. That is literally, literally, little yeah. is That is my. That is my, yours? My, my yeah, problem. I
0: had him in mind as well. A player who no one would have really uh, thought a whole lot about before the tournament started. Um, Czech Republic a team that weren't necessarily going to go far through the tournament. But yeah, he's surprised. He scored and he did what a striker needed to do.
1: Okay. So there we go, we've got our team. Now I think with a team, you've got to have a manager. See, yeah, this is dangerous. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Ben. Um Mancini. it's Mancini. I'm been gonna been I wanted been. to say Southgate. Nah, yeah, but Southgate, you're the one, you still turn me on, but it's Mancini. Football did not come home again. Football so. did not come home. You gotta give it to the winning manager. Plus the winning manager with a team on paper probably isn't as good as the others. Obviously they're brilliant. I'm not saying they're bad. Be like, individ- like player for player. It's um, England are probably slightly better. France are definitely better. Portugal arguably better. So, for the way he's created this sort of team, um, that's gone. Was it thirty-four games unbeaten now after that final? Incredible. We all agree, Mancini. Mancini is the Mancini manager. No Southgate. Okay, cool. So Mancini is the manager. All right. Let me just go through the midfield. Oh, not the midfield. The whole team. You're gonna go bold. We're gonna, we're gonna go bold. <laughs> and we got Don Roma <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can go Don Roma uh, Maguire um a Maguire se- uh, and Keylini as our two center backs Myler um gone on North- umm- on the on the right as a right back Shaw sure. uh, as left back no Noon no no men <laughs> no Noon no 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 yeah no no nun no men then gone 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 still be moving on uh, like,
2: <laughs> right,
1: just go, just go. That's great, that's great. We've um, got Hoibier, um, as our holding midfielder with Jorginho and Pedri. Um, and as our left wings, uh, our, our left winger, Sterling, Chiesi on the right and Patrick Schick down the middle with Mancini as the manager. I mean, that, I, think, don't, I don't think you can really disagree with that. I think we kind of looked at all the different teams. We've like, we got Czech Republic in there, we've got Spain, we've got We've got Denmark as well. We've got two Denmarks, for a matter of fact. Um, so, yeah, what a team. Now, I think the only thing we can there's really left to do now is to pick our final player of the tournament. I think we'll do this individually as each. I've got one in mind. It's up for discussion, but it's not Donnarumma who's actually been officially crowned the player of the tournament. Really? Well, yes. Ben, I think,
0: I think you should start us off.
1: For me, it's sure. I think he was ridiculous. I've never seen a left back have that much of an impact on a team since I don't know robertson in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time ago. Boss. <laughs> <time> but...
2: <laughs> oh, go on, Patty. Who's your player of the tournament?
0: I-, I wish it was as easy to say, oh, this player scored ten goals, player of the tournament. It wasn't. There wasn't a striker that progressed all the way through um that played well um consistently. I think Harry Kane could have been, but he just didn't quite... He didn't feel like the same player. Had an avid um, stage. Yeah, didn't feel like the <clears> same throat> player. Throat> um, obviously starting pretty poorly doesn't make that selection uh, easy. But I think Donnarumma is a good shout. Italy um, had such a good defence in there a few times and he thought Donnarumma saved some of the um chances. So I think him
2: uh, will keep him there. So you're going Donnarumma. Yes, I have. Okay. and yeah. I think, to me, like, those two options from you guys, they were, like, what I also wanted to pick, and I could pick them. But, like, what I'm thinking is either those two or Pickford. Because I know he didn't have a good game against, Wars at Denmark. But yeah. some of those saves he made, especially in that penalty shootout, I don't know if it's the one in Italy. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's tough. I would want to pick, pick Pickford, but tough. 'Cause Donna was great.
1: And um, Shaw was legendary, but Pickford was Pickford really surprised me. You don't really see this sort of keeper do this in the modern day when he just kind of when the ball there's a point in the Italian game, um when the ball just came out and it's in front of him and he just runs up the ball and um, he runs up to the ball, just throws his body at it and really aggressively as well. And you, and he's a very, very confident, very, very confident keeper. Um Different, different player for England in comparison to um, Everton. Uh, I definitely see him as a shout. I just don't think he was probably the best player. If you think of the best player in the tournament, it probably wasn't Pickford. Very, 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 very good player. Not yep. the best, I don't think. So, although I might pick, Pickford, I think I will probably go with Luke Shaw. It's a bit of man bias, but like, yeah, Luke yeah, Shaw I think is the, really, I well, think, really good. I think maybe my Luke Shaw bias also, as for being an English watch every single game of his um i think Hoybier was brilliant as well i think if, if you put Hoybier into the italian side of england side you'd be up there for winning one of the best players of the tournament but also that, also shout out to uh, georginio so well. i think we actually i think most people would say georginio so i think for us going something different it's nice obviously but um you're not wrong for going Jorginho. He was incredible. Chiesa, lots of people will say, I don't think he was influential enough at the start of the tournament to be considered. But yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna actually wrap up
0: um the Euros. Gonna it's gonna wrap up season one. Um, that being sort of the Euros, us starting off as a podcast. It's been great to have all the listeners along. Uh, but we'll finish up. Real quick, um, just having a look, a preview into the Premier League season. Um, just for those at home, we, we know that the uh, the fantasy Euro League just finished. Um, our champion, my co-host, Ben Hooker,
1: the Captain Hook XI. Bring it home. Here we go. Well, I think I was top 90,000 in the world, which is pretty good. Um, that's a toot your own horn. Yeah, yeah, no. At one point, I was top sixteen thousand in the whole world. By the way, um.
0: But yes, yeah, so we'll definitely be having a fantasy Premier League. We'll probably have a look at that in the next couple episodes, some of the bargains. Um, we'll be giving you guys a code again. We had, I think it was like, was it 10, 10 11 people um, in that, which is which is huge. But, you know, let's hope to get the Premier League one. Uh, we'll get a few more. We'll make sure we, we plug in a bit more. I don't feel like um, many people knew about it, but we'll make sure to get that going. But just a quick look into Man City uh, for next season. Dominant side, won the Premier League. Now let's have a look at some of the transfers. Now they've had issues with money in the past and I'm guessing they're only going to sign one or two of these big stars. So we know Lionel Messi um, is a free agent. So any club can, um, can approach Messi and try to sign him. But he's going to ask for some crazy wages. Now, he's an old player. He's far from his prime, but he's still playing so well. Still probably going to get the Ballon d'Or this year. Um, so, his wages are going to be crazy, crazy sort of wages um, he's going to be asking for that Man City could uh, pay. There's also Jack Grealish. Um, it hasn't been confirmed, but it's very probable that they will sign Jack Grealish for, I
1: think it is 100 mil. I think that will, I think that's just Aston Villa really up marketing him. Yeah. Um, I think that will slowly simmer down to around 70 to 80 million. Um, yeah, Kane as well. Discussed it previously. Um, one of our first episodes was on it. Um, still looking forward to that, That probably transfer, especially after not winning the Euros. I think maybe if he won the Euros, he'd probably want to stay. He doesn't have to worry about trophies as much about anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, do we need to, like, talk about this anymore? Or do we just wrap it up and go? Yeah, we'll just wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Nathan, you wrap it up. We kind of wrapped it up and then we just said we continued going. Yeah, because we
2: said that's the wrap-up for the, like, Euros, and then we talked about it.
0: Okay, so now you, mm-hmm. can, now you can just do a quick one. Now this is going to
2: yeah. finally wrap up the episode. All right, boys. Well, that's it for Season 1. Had a good ride. Missed a bit of the uh, round of 16s and onwards. But that doesn't matter. It's all good. Um... Now we're on to newer and better things as the Premier League comes along.